another thrilling episode of Two Girls, One Podcast. This week, your trusty gal pals pull back the curtain on self-hosted, decentralized internet protocols. Buckle up, database administrators, because this ain't your grandma's HTTP. And now here are the hosts who think that WWW stands for Well, 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 Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Allie. And here on this show, we talk about cool, weird happenings on the internet. Um, For today's topic, I, God, I hate to say it, but I do need Matt to do some mansplaining now. We're looking at, <laughs> thank here. you, thank you, Matt. It's been four years. You are fine. You have been called Woo! upon. Did someone say mansplaining? Did, did was there a late? Was there a woman somewhere in the world that needed a man to explain what's going on? Actually, if you say I need someone to mansplain three times into a mirror, Matt appears. It's really cool. <laughs> it's it's a handy way to summon him. Whether you need some mansplaining or not, you know, if you need any tech support, just say I need someone to mansplain three times into a mirror. I'm here. Thanks for bringing me in. Compliment mm-hmm. me, baby. Oh, is that oh. me? Yeah, that was you. Yes. The, that's awesome. Compliment That's me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Okay, so today we're looking at the Reddit fiasco, which I think most of our listeners probably have some degree of awareness around the Reddit fiasco. We're we're, we're getting there from a specific angle. Uh, Matt, if you could mansplain a bit as a avid Reddit user, that could that would be great. Okay, let me let me it's take it back to the moment you've been waiting for. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm just going to back up for context so listeners understand and, and you both like understand. Like a true mansplainer. Yep. Let's, okay. let's start with way more context than we need. Yep. <laughs> I would say about 13, 13 to 14 billion years okay. ago, uh-huh. it's the Big Bang, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the beginning of the of the universe as yeah. we know it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Never heard of it. Dinosaurs. That, okay. Um, Reddit, which is a community, a group of collective of subreddits, uh-huh. you know, for whatever you like. Your favorite sports team, your favorite game, your favorite uh-huh. fetish, whatever you like to do. Lots of people use third-party apps to access Reddit because they don't like the regular app because it's kind of stupid and bad. It doesn't have all the features. And the API access to Reddit has been free for billions of years since the Big Bang. And then Reddit's like, guess what? We're going to charge $20 million. Was it $20 million, $2 million? Whatever. A lot of money. Same. For... That's the same number. It's a large. It's a leap. It's a leap. <laughs> for most people. That's the, I mean, that's the same at some level. I'll, I'll fact check that in a moment. Millions of dollars for the API access and the third-party app developers are like, but eh, we can't afford that. We don't make money from this. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And so people started freaking out, like, why is this happening? My favorite apps are going to disappear. Why is Reddit doing this? When you fact check that number, can you also explain why the fuck they would choose? So it went from zero to millions. Yes, because when this first came out, it was like, here, here's a platform that has tons of data, millions of users, and is supported by advertising. And when... If I use Reddit through a third-party app that does not show me Reddit's advertising, I'm basically using Reddit for free. So on the at step one, it's fair to say like, hey, we can no longer give this away for free because we don't make enough. We're not profitable. So maybe we could charge something or work with developers to figure this out. And instead, they're like, millions of dollars, suck it. And and the users and the third-party developers were like, what the fuck? You know, and then they 
the shorter version is like, we would like to figure this out. Can we all just figure it out? And over the last few weeks, Reddit was like, nope, there's nothing to figure out. It's this or nothing. Deal with it. And so Reddit, many, many, many popular subreddits with millions of users have gone dark over the last week or so in protest, meaning if I want to access my favorite community, many of the communities we have covered on the show, if I want to pop in there and see what's going on, or if I'm Googling something and be like, what's up with this? How do I do this? And it's like the first results of Reddit page. And I go to that page and then I would land there and Reddit would be like, oopsies, this subreddit is private. So all the information that you're very used to and accustomed to accessing is inaccessible on the internet for this period of protest. And that has led to a lot of interesting conversations about like, maybe we shouldn't host all of our social media and community data on platforms owned by a single company. And so many people, same same with Twitter, like when Twitter got crazier and then people were like, what if we self-hosted our own Twitter on Mastodon? And that has been had its day in the sun, we we covered it and it's still doing what it does, but it never became like mainstream as we've discussed here. Yeah. So we're covering a similar platform called Lemmy, which is a federated uh, decentralized forum software, basically, but not decentralized in a crypto bro way. There's no blockchain involved. It just is like, Lindsay, I'm, Lindsay's going to host a subreddit about tacos and I'm going to host a subreddit about you know, football. And we can talk to each other, but the data's on my computer and the tacos are on her computer and nobody owns the nobody owns it. So there's a way to make it decentralized without involving blockchain and crypto bros? Correct. Then why are we doing the blockchain? And the crypto bros. Because that's a different <laughs> thing. Have you all heard of the World Wide Web? Yeah. Um I I'm barely familiar. Okay. All right, I'll back up for context. Like no. 13, 14 billion years ago, Big Bang. Okay. The web is decentralized. Uh, emails decentralized. Podcasts are decentralized. Wait, aren't podcasts super centralized in the sense that it's like Apple in a couple places own it all and could nope. take us down uh, tomorrow? They have the most users, but the data, if, if Apple Podcasts went down tomorrow, our podcast would still be up because we host our podcast with a hosting service. Now, parentheses, I believe our particular host Hosting service is owned by Spotify. So you mm. are correct that the industry is changing in, in a negative way, in my opinion. But the point is the data that powers websites is not beholden to a single provider. And that's kind of the idea behind decentralized social media. It has nothing to do with blockchain or encryption. It's just about where the data lives on the internet. Okay. All right. I would like to side boss, just put a pin in that wormhole. Okay. So Lemmy, <laughs> you found out about Lemmy because it's been growing super fast with this Reddit fiasco, right? Like crazy. Define yeah. like crazy. I joined a couple weeks ago. Which groups? It, Which groups did you join, Matthew? Um, Kind of like there's no default, but there are big ones. So our guest today is the, he hosts the largest Lemmy sort of instance, which is Lemmy.world. And that is a Lemmy forum for just talking about Lemmy or like talking about what's going on. It's not, doesn't seem to be specific to a topic area. But for example, I've joined, I've, so I created an account probably through his server. And then from there, I can now access the video game Lemmy and the technology Lemmy and the whatever, you know, I can even, I can pull it up on my phone and tell you where, where, what I'm subscribed to. But it functions exact, almost exactly like Reddit. But if I'm accessing the data, I'm getting it from other people's computers, not reddit.com's computers. Hopefully that makes some sense. Yeah. I think it's interesting just that the Reddit situation is still ongoing. It feels like there's room to compromise. And yet Reddit is like, nope, 
we're good. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they do? They think that yep. everyone's just going to fall in line. I mean, to be fair, very often these tech companies make changes, and we are lemmings, and we do fall in line. But this one seems sort of prohibitive. Like, so everyone's just going to switch over to the Reddit app that they hate and aren't used right. to using. I feel like people will just stop using Reddit and they'll just go somewhere else. Well, that many people have. And the, the complaint is that, hey, you know what? If the if the first party app was good and allowed me to moderate my community effectively and efficiently, then I think people wouldn't be as upset. But they're simultaneously saying no more third party apps and you got to use the default app, which parentheses kind of sucks. I find it to be fine, except it does not sort the front page to my liking, which I find frustrating. I also don't use, I don't moderate. I'm not a moderator. So there are probably tools that many third-party apps have that are very important that the main app does not have. And they're kind of like, we're working on it, but it's not. A lot of protests are saying, can you just give us some time to figure this out instead of shutting it off? They, they basically said you've got a month, which was the beginning of June, June I believe. Right? Yeah. So they're close. That's 20 million per year for API access. I was I was correct. 20 million. Wow. That's, that's, that's a, so So you're saying literally the price tag went from zero to 20 million? In a month. Yes. Because I would feel like you should start at maybe like four ninety nine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why. What do you mean? <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Matt from the future. Uh, jumping in briefly while I put the finishing touches on this episode, just to clarify something here, I, I don't want to mislead or, or misunderstand the uh, Reddit pricing situation. So I wanted to clarify, it, it's not exactly that um, the price tag went from zero to 20 million, but that is the number that is being cited because it's based on API calls. So it's about how many times the users of an app ping the the Reddit server and then Reddit's like, yep, you pinged us X amount of times, that'll be $12, please. So if I have an app with 12 users, it would be a few bucks a month. It would be almost, it would be pennies. But the the math is coming out of some you know uh, calculations that the developer of the Apollo Reddit app, which is a third party app, and they are saying in a post from last month, um, fifty million requests would cost twelve thousand dollars. Quote a figure far more than I could ever have imagined. And then the, that developer is saying. Apollo, the third-party app, made 7 billion requests last month. So the point here is that Apollo, a third-party app, is so popular, not 7 billion users, obviously, but many millions of users using the app all the time, pinged Reddit's API 7 billion times, which would then cost the developer $1.7 million per month, which then extrapolates for to, to 20 million per year. So the point is Reddit did not say, hey, everyone, give me 20 million. They said, this is the cost of our API. And the biggest third party apps are looking at the math and saying, oh God, the, are, we have too many users and not enough revenue. There's no way to make this work. And therefore, as of this recording, most of those apps are now offline. So I wanted to clarify that and now I am teleporting back into the past and i'll see you back in the episode bye i don't know why what do you mean (laughs) the value of this data is enormous i think i don't know that it's worth 20 million but like it should be value it is valuable and it's not crazy to charge for it but to to your point to go from zero to 20 million yeah people aren't mad that they're 
looking to charge. It's just the dramatic amount that they're looking to charge is what's upsetting people. Am I right? Correct. Well, that's what's wild to me. Like, why would you go? Is there a reason? Is there? What is their reason for twenty million? Because twenty million is high. Uh, the, I think the general understanding, at least from the the corporate, if we continue to let third party apps access the data for free or cheap, we will go out of business. I don't know. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but like, so, I got news for you. Social media is not a very profitable endeavor unless you are meta or you i don't even know if youtube's profitable i have to look that up but like twitter's not profitable reddit's not profitable these are complicated things so at first i was like "Eh, it's a lot of people whining about stuff and then the more the protests continued it's like so i don't know i see both sides it's a lot of unreasonable things going on in the discussion so we'll see i'm confused how these companies aren't profitable You know, I mean, not Twitter, but like, I just feel like everyone's using Reddit. It gets quoted everywhere. You know, people are using it. Yeah, but, you know, there's not, there's some ads, I think. It's not like, I don't, yeah, they're they're not monetizing these sites. Advertising sucks. (laughs) They get investors, they get a billion, billions of users, and then they can't figure out how to monetize it. I feel like it's a quintessential San Francisco story. Many, many websites and platforms have, it's the story of our time of like, we got a bunch of money. We got to make it back. We have billions of users. How do we do it? Put ads everywhere. And the users are like, this place sucks. And then they leave and then they're out of business. And so like, again, advertising doesn't seem to be the model that's working on the internet anymore, y'all. Indeed, it is not. Perhaps we can explore another way. Yeah. Well, um, before we continue exploring another way, uh, is it time for trivia? <laughs> I'm getting so much airtime on this episode. I've been wow. talking way yeah, more than Matt. Just, wow. just name relishing it the Mattisode. Mat- Compliment me, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't remember saying that, but I love it. Yeah. It's Isn't crazy. That <laughs> I can just snip out a random thing. and then So unhinged. <laughs> I still wish I could make things my ringtone. Okay. Uh, this week, we're talking about the self-hosted social media platforms like Lemmy, Mastodon, etc. As we said, it's where users are hosting their own community. But this week's trivia is about everyone's favorite host. Let's all say it together. Lindsay Amazon Ford. Amazon Web Service. Oh, okay. Sorry. That went well. <laughs> talking about the late, great Alex Trebek. Yeah. Oh, Obviously. we love him. Love him. The longtime and beloved host of Jeopardy. I will share four facts about Alex Trebek. I love that this is the direction you've gone with this trivia. I do too. <laughs> Delightful. All of these are true according to Trebek himself in his biographies or other journalistic sources, except one is fake and created by me. Are you ready to find the fake Alex Trebek fact? It's totally still. Yep. A, during his tenure, Trebek had never missed an episode or taken a sick day, except for one April Fool's Day in 1997, when he and Wheel of Fortune host Pat Sajak switched jobs for a single broadcast. That's the only time you ever missed a Jeopardy taping. It's choice A. Choice B, Alex Trebek got his college degree in philosophy. Choice C. Trebek got the job as host of Jeopardy when it came back to television in 1984 thanks to Lucille Ball, who convinced the show's creator Merv Griffin to hire Alex Trebek. So Alex Trebek is nobody unless Lucy got him the gig. Or is it D? Alex Trebek held the Guinness World Record for, quote, largest collection of beige menswear suits, menswear, excuse me, which he often kept from the Jeopardy wardrobe department after a taping, as stipulated in his contract, his collection contained 4,662 suits in 2014 when Guinness counted, but the record was recently surpassed in 2021 by a Mexican businessman. 
Which of these is fake? Oh my gosh, those are good. Those are good. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think it's either two or three. It's either philosophy or Lucille Ball is the fake one. I'm going with Lucille Ball as the fake one. Okay. You think that's... So Allie goes with uh, C, that Lucille Ball got him the job. That is... That's false. Okay. I think that that was my first choice as well. Okay. So you're, you're going to go with that as well? Yeah. You're both choosing C, that Lucille Ball got Alex Trebek his job yeah. in 1984. We will find out the false Alex Trebek host fact after this. All right, everyone. Now it's time to thank the people that show us the most love by paying for our show at the $10 or more level. Do you think we should cancel their subscription and tell them it's now $20 million? Whoa. (laughs) New business plan. What do you guys think? No, because we love and respect (laughs) our supporters. All right. That's cool. Wesley Cordell, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, Melissa Elliott, William, Jessica Kybell, Ken M, and Kelsey Marie. Thank you all. And if you would like to hear us say your name on air in a very appreciative and respectful way, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash 2G1P. Any amount helps, but the $10 or more level gets you extra special love from us. Real talk, though. If we created a $20 million tier, assuming no one would do it, what would the perk be? And if someone did do it, if Jeff Bezos, who is a listener wanted to do it, what would the perk be? Monthly, I would probably do a lot of things. There's, for $20 million for like a once a month perk, yeah. I would let you request almost anything that was not illegal in every state. Could they <laughs> shit on your chest? Monthly oh, shit God. on Lindsay's chest. I think that's illegal in some states. Nah. Mm, okay. Well, here's the thing. With 20 million. That's what you would let them, you would let them do that? I was asking if you would. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. You know I have a sensitive sense of smell. For 20 million a month, you would not let Jeff Bezos shit on no, your chest. No, no. For 20 million, we no. plan like a really amazing retreat for all our listeners. Because we have money to spend Ooh. planning it. Because someone yeah. gave us 20 million dollars. Yeah, but that's what we would do. It's not like a perk for the $20 million person, right? But I really love that because if one listener... Yeah, pays for it, then everyone who's ever listened to the show would be able to go to Burning Man together or some shit. How would you not feel so good about where your money's going? And then we could still reserve a couple million. Your perk is we also feed starving children, you know, for you. We we hand feed (laughs) them. Yeah, exactly. If they wanted that, though, they would already be doing that. (laughs) <laughs> you know how oh, many billionaires could feed all the starving children? Oh, I know. Just one of them. <laughs> and they don't do it. <laughs> Why are we laughing at so, this? I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> because it's so, if so we sad. weren't laughing, we would all be crying. Wonderful. So sad. And now a real post from the most unhinged place on the internet. Nextdoor.com. Courtesy of Twitter user Megan Myers. 
Just a reminder to all parents this summer that if your child plans to operate a lemonade stand, they should be doing so in an area that is zoned for commercial activity. I have already had to file a few complaints within the county. I understand the convenience these stands might offer for those who might be craving lemonade, but I would implore you not to patronize these stands as they do not uphold the character of our neighborhood. In general, I think it is good principle not to allow any commercial activity in residential areas. While some might say it would be nice to walk to a small grocer's salon or beer garden, I have gotten used to driving for these things. It is the way our country has always been. I'm sure there are good reasons for it. So next time you desire a cool lemon drink, drive on past the kids ruining our neighborhood. It's probably no more than a 20-minute trip anyway. I think this lady is friends with that lady who told that mom that her kids probably didn't have licenses to drive their toy car around the park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're hanging. They both bought ads. Yeah, they both they both sponsored the show. Remember? Yeah, that? yeah. They don't like children, especially if those children are melanated. And they're just like, we need to regulate these children <laughs> and their their businesses and their driving licenses. Regulate the children. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Regulate them. They're not safe. That is my platform. I don't disagree. Uh, regulate the children 2024. <laughs> now that we've agreed that we should all regulate the children, Matt... You need to tell us the answer to the trivia. Self-hosting, baby. It's the future. And also myself's favorite host, Alex Trebek. Huh? Huh? Great. Excellent. Excellent. Compliment me, baby. (laughs) There's an option here where I can play that infinitely, like on a loop. No, it's too much. Which of these is fake? Uh, Alex Trebek never missed an episode. Ever never took a sick day, except when he switched with Pat Sajak. That is choice A. Choice B, he got a college degree in philosophy. I think that's plausible. Choice C, <laughs> you both chose this. He got the job as Jeopardy host because Lucille Ball convinced Merv Griffin. You think that's the fake answer? It's hard to know. They all seem possible. Like, literally yeah. all of them seem possible. So you did a great job. Thank you so much. Now that I'm hearing it again, I'm like, does it count if there was a guest host? That's not him taking time off, right? That's just them choosing to have a guest host, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, look, these shows, as you probably know from doing other television, like, I believe they ho- they film, like, five episodes in a day and then yeah. take the rest of the week off. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny. Got it. Got it. I don't, was there ever a guest host? before he retired slash passed away? Like, I don't know. I don't remember that being a thing. Now we don't know. Um, Or was it D uh, that Trebek held the largest collection of beige menswear suits in the Guinness Book until being surpassed by a Mexican businessman? So you both chose C. I'm going to switch to D. That's crazy. Lindsay's going to switch. You're allowed to switch. That's It's so crazy. It's fine. I'm switching. Allie, what do you think? I'll stick with it. Just because I want it to be true doesn't mean it is. It's, it's too... Looney Tunes. The fake answer is D. Yay. Beige suits made it up. It was, it's too unhinged. I was thinking if you made that one up, that's the most fun one for you to, like that one's like <laughs> truly psychotic for you to have yeah. made up. So I am glad to hear that. I don't feel yeah. bad that I didn't win. There's no prize. I feel good that that's the one you made up. So thank you, Matthew, for your service. Yes. Thank well, thank you for... Compliment me, baby. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, friends, the moment has come. Our guest today is Root Schilders. Mm-mm, I didn't do it right, but he will say it in one moment. He is the owner of one of the largest Lemmy instances. Welcome to the show, Root. Thank you. Yeah, it's Root Schilders, but you're very close. I was close. I'll practice it. Yeah. I didn't even try. So A plus, Lindsay. <laughs> A for effort. Root. Root. Yeah. Root. <laughs> <laughs> How am I doing? How's my rate of improvement? Um, okay, so let's we wanted- just do the whole show then. Root. Okay, <laughs> like this, we yeah. wanted to ask you, what is Lemmy, and how is it different from other social networks? Yeah, Lemmy is is, is a, what they call a link aggregator. So that's the the official term, but it's more like a discussion forum. So it's more like uh, Reddit. Most people know Reddit. Mm-hmm. It has the same functionality as Reddit. So people can post links or or news. And, and then discuss it. Great. And how is it different from Reddit? It's different because it's decentralized and, and federated. So decentralized because it runs on multiple servers run by multiple people. And at the moment, there are thousands of servers running. And all these servers can uh, can connect to each other and, and talk to each other. So if you post something on one server, someone on, on another server can follow that and read it and comment on it. So that's the federation part. It it all talks to each other. When I hear federated, I can't help but think about Star Trek. So I hope it works out. Yeah, I love Star Trek. Actually, (laughs) one of the one of the the people on my Mastodon server that I'm most proud of is Seven of Nine. (gasps) (gasps) What? That is so bad. Yeah, she's a total badass. Yep, she is. Wait, wait. Sorry, the actor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What's her What's her name? Jerry. Jerry oh Ryan. yes, that's right. So wait, yeah. she is a user of of Lemmy World, is what you're saying? No, Mastodon World. Oh, Mast- oh, Mast- the Mastodon. Yeah. Okay, okay, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so wait, that makes sense, the federated part. But in practice, how is this different for users versus when they go on Reddit? It's different in that they can choose which which server they want to join. It doesn't really matter in that they can see and and read and follow stuff on other servers, but they can have maybe a local community that they like more so they can choose to join a specific server there are servers more focused around open source software for example and if you are into open source software you can join that instance with all like-minded people but you can still follow people and news on my server or on different servers so that's the federation part of it and in lay people terms it basically means there's not like this central god figure who can just change everything on a whim yeah so if someone joins my server i i can change stuff on a whim but then they can just if they don't like it they can choose to just move to another server and still see everything that they want to see and just don't have my uh, actions anymore to deal with mm-hmm. interesting okay so Everyone is kind of up in arms about how Reddit, which I guess was a place where everyone would meet up from Mm -hmm. all of these other places, has changed their accessibility. And Mm -hmm. now, what do you think is the challenge for the community that used to sort of hang out there? It sounds like if your favorite mall went away and then all the different groups had to now go somewhere else, do you think there's going to be less communication between groups or interaction now that you can't go to Reddit? I don't know exactly what this means for the community at large. Yeah, some communities have have agreed that they will leave Reddit and go to Lemmy or Kbin, which is a... Uh, another option you can use, which is the same as Lemmy in functionality. And and some have not agreed on anything and they're just waiting until maybe their, their Reddit's uh, come back 
from the blackout they have started. Some are lost, I think. Are you seeing entire subreddits move to Lemmy? Yes, there are some. Yeah, can't name any any examples. I must say I wasn't a Reddit user really, so not really yeah, familiar with all the Reddits that are coming over to our side. Why were you not a Reddit user? I'm old-fashioned, I think. <laughs> I liked the, the old-fashioned forums more than Reddit. But now that I obviously I've also tried out, tried out Lemmy, how it works, and I'm really starting to like it, how it works. So Yeah. Well, do you think that this is ultimately going to be a good thing, that Reddit is tone deaf to what needs to be happening and not working with the community to move forward and forcing this whole sort of reimagining of how these communities are going to interact with each other? It's making people aware that there's other options. At this moment, Lemmy would not be able to help, uh, handle all the people of Reddit. If, if they would all decide to come to Lemmy tomorrow, all the servers would crash and, and it's very yeah immature software still. So it has to be polished and, and tuned. And, and my server is only four weeks old. So mm. I'm also still polishing it and, and tweaking and <laughs> trying to get everything to, to yeah run. So What has your growth been? Um, well, in these four weeks, I started June 1st. So in, mm-hmm. in, in four weeks, I'm now at, I think, 52,000 users. That's a lot in four weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> growth has been, yeah, awesome. I mean, fast. I remember it from, from my Mastodon server, which in November when Elon Musk did the same strange things as, as Reddit CEO is now doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a server with 100 users, and after a week or so, I had a server with 100,000 users. <laughs> well, so my question there is, are they still on Mastodon? What's the retention been, or have people kind of dropped out or gone back to Twitter? Yeah, part has gone has gone back to Twitter. I think the retention top of my head, I think it's maybe 20% is still active. On Mastodon? On Mastodon, yeah. On my server, I now have 165,000 users. And Mm -hmm. on average, there are 35,000 active users uh, per month. It's for, for Reddit, I'm finding it's an interesting chicken and egg. Like I'm not necessarily boycotting Reddit, you know, because Mm -hmm. I still find it to be valuable, but I've, I've tried to use Lemmy more than Reddit on a day-to-day basis. And what I'm finding is while I love the spirit and community that's forming there, Mm -hmm. the core, the base of information and knowledge that has been on Reddit for 20 years simply isn't there. So I, I don't know. I, I, I keep going back to Reddit to find, find things and post things because it's like, I have a question about this. I could ask 200,000 people or I could ask yeah. 14 people. And it's like, I just can't get the traction. Well, that's the, the big thing, right? Like they have a monopoly, these companies. And then the result yeah. is that's where everyone yeah. is. So it's very hard to leave. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And for Mastodon, it's a bit different because you can have nice interaction with, with maybe 100 or 200 people that you don't know. You don't really need your friends to be there to yeah. have nice interactions and, and, and an interesting timeline. But for Lemmy, you, you're seeking information or, or answers, and then you need a big user base to get to get yeah to get there. But if you're seeking community, this is that this is interesting to me. Of like, if I want to see what my high school friends are up up to, great mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram. If I want yep. technical information about something, a web forum. If I want a community, mm-hmm. I can chat with a hundred strangers who like video games on a Discord. Like, yep. we should use all. We don't have to use one thing. We can use a lot of things. Hopefully, yeah. And with the the federated stuff, it can even also interact with each other. So if you have a a Mastodon account, you can follow lemmy uh, communities and you also have pixel fed where you, it's a kind of instagram uh, competitor but then federated you can follow 
pixel fed accounts from Mastodon, or you can PeerTube, which is a sort of YouTube. You can follow PeerTube from Mastodon. How do all these platforms interoperate, I guess? Because the yeah. web used to be like that, and then everything got corporate. And I think we're used to creating uh, a YouTube account for YouTube and a Spotify mm-hmm. account for Spotify. Can you, in in layman's terms, how how is this happening? How is this possible? It's all using the same protocol, which is called ActivityPub. And that means that if you send something on Mastodon, which is a, a message, it is formatted in a way that Lemmy also knows that as a message. And, and PeerTube and PixelFed, they all knew, use the same terms and the same descriptions for uh, messages, replies, uh, uh, posts, users. So th- they used all the same protocol, so they, they all understand each other. So that's why they can uh, interact and, and exchange information. Similar to early web protocols, similar to w- HTTP. Yeah, and HTML. So that was the early web and everything used it. And because of that, all web browsers could understand what, what, what it was that they had to show so, yeah, that's the same way this. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to keep harping on this, but like a group of people all said, we can agree that HTTP or email or RSS is just mm-hmm. a standard that we can all use. Then you build whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to have. And and now it's happening again in reaction to the corporatization of, of the internet. Yeah. And there's dozens of different software platforms built on ActivityPub so mm-hmm. for, for different uh, purposes. Like Lemmy is for the for the news and, and discussions. Mastodon is more social media, uh, text uh, uh, messaging. And uh, PixelFed is for images, PeerTube for videos. You have Bookworm, which is a book review platform. All different kinds of software using this protocol. So it can all interact and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, something that was very interesting to me in this current Reddit debacle, or the thing that really kind of won me over in favor of the general users, is that... This move by Reddit has implications for accessibility. So I don't know too much Mm -hmm. about it. I am a very light Reddit user, um, mostly just to find communities for this podcast. But it -hmm. seems like they've cut off a lot of third-party developers who help with accessibility for users. Yeah, what they cut off is the API, which is used by the apps uh, to connect to connect to Reddit, yeah. So you see now that 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 apps are now focusing on Lemmy. The same happened with Mastodon. Some Twitter apps were cut off from Twitter, and the developers just turned to to Mastodon and started developing their apps for Mastodon. Same is happening now for Lemmy. You have the there was an app called Sync, which was a famous Reddit app. They will be cut off. Everything will be cut off. I think July first or June thirtieth. Wow. So they are now focusing on on Lemmy and creating an app for Lemmy. So there will be Sync for Lemmy soon. Oh, that's cool. There's already I think a dozen apps. Uh, being created now so. across a variety of protests of like we're we're bringing making subreddits dark and we're mm-hmm. um posting a lot of john oliver videos instead of our normal content because that's mm-hmm. just funny and protesting there to your point ali there is another spoke of the movement that's like hey uh the main reddit app is not accessible to screen readers and other things for people with accessibility uh challenges or disabilities so please email accessibility at apple.com to complain about this app not meeting their mm. terms of service in an effort to flag it in the app store and theoretically bring it down. I doubt that will happen, but mm. that is one spoke of the of the movement, let's say, that I yeah. observed recently. And, and it is it is a concern. So I think something we're all wondering and which um, at Wasted Zebra in our Discord 
has mentioned, is can this really gain traction? I think we all saw with Twitter, everyone maybe getting excited that Twitter was going to fall apart and going to Mastodon. But actually, I thought it was very interesting that you brought up that there's about 20% ultimate retention. Mm-hmm. So do you think Lemmy and, and Mastodon as well, can they really gain traction against these behemoths? I'm not sure. You, you yeah. see the same with, with Twitter. It, it, for the, 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 the foreseeable future, it won't, Twitter won't disappear. Same as with Reddit. It won't disappear. Most of the users are, are, users are still on Reddit. Like, like Matt said, you need a, a bigger community of people to make it interesting. Right. It's exactly what Matt was saying. It's like, you know, you want to ask 15 people or 15,000. Yeah. So the same happened. It, it did happen. Like in the Netherlands, we had kind of a predecessor of Facebook in the Netherlands that was called Hives. And everybody in the Netherlands was using Hives. And still, at a certain point, people started using Facebook, and it switched over to Facebook. So everybody at now everybody is using Facebook. And what happened to Hives? It's gone. <laughs> there, there was a there was a company that that thought, okay, let's let's buy it, and uh, but they they lost all their money. So because it's mm-hmm. it's completely gone now. Well, that's my concern. That just like the biggest wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. same happened with MySpace. I think. Yeah, I, I don't. I did research on this for something else, and I so I know the little bit of the backstory of MySpace and lived through it. But like, it was bought by Murdoch's company or whatever, and then they were like, "There's so many people here, let's cram mm-hmm. it full of ads." And mm-hmm. people hate it. They stopped using it because it sucked because they were monetizing mm-hmm. it. And then simultaneously, Facebook was coming out into college campuses, as we've talked about here. You know, Ali mm-hmm. uh, remembers it, and. It was clean and beautiful and white and and there were it was very pristine with no advertisements and everyone was like oh I'll just use this all my friends are here like mm-hmm. it was a perfect storm of 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 you know situations where people just jump ship yeah when when a platform makes changes people don't like it can, they can they can leave in in mass if if there's enough traction it can still happen but for that Lemmy needs to be developed. It need, needs to grow, and and it needs to be more user friendly and and in onboarding. Most people haven't ever heard of Lemmy or Mastodon, for that matter. Yeah. So they need to know what it is. It needs to be easy for them to to join. They don't want to have to go through picking a server, for example. You should just have an app with a list of servers that it maybe randomly picks one out of. It would be best if it picks the smaller ones because for this federated stuff to work, you you actually don't need many large servers. You need a whole lot of small servers. Mm. It should be easier for people to to get aboard of these platforms. And then it might be possible for for Lemmy or Mastodon to gain more traction. Well, another one of our listeners, Bowie Barks, has Mm -hmm. said that... They've debated starting up a Kibin. Is it Kibin or Kabin? Kabin, I think. Yeah, okay. They've debated starting up a Kabin instance, which is similar to Lemmy, which we've been talking about. But mm-hmm. they're already having a hard enough time moderating a Mastodon instance. Mm-hmm. And they're interested in knowing what your take on the moderation issue is, both around mm-hmm. your own Lemmy instance and around other ones that, you know, your instance interacts with. Yeah, that's actually the biggest biggest issue and it's the the most labor intensive task of the whole running a lemmy and the mastodon server but for lemmy it's it's way worse there's so much more content that you don't want and also lemmy doesn't yet have the tools to do proper moderation we have uh, rules that we want uh, followed on our server 
and, and every server can have their own set of rules. So some servers allow stuff that we don't allow. So if my if users on my server, our server, see that content that we don't allow, they can report it, and we can remove it from our server. For example, racism. We don't allow racism on our server. Mm-hmm. There are servers that they think that free speech is about allowing people to be racist. And, and on their, their server, that will be allowed, and they, those posts won't be taken down. But yeah. from our server, we will take down these posts. So it's really difficult, and especially with Lemmy, if you can have a user on my server reporting a user on a different server that's posting on a third server. So, and then wow. if, if that if that the report goes to us, it goes to the server of of the of posting, and it goes to the server of where the, where the content is. It, it's really difficult to to keep track of on on what's what. Mm-hmm. And and really, for me, the moderation is part i really dislike i don't like moderation because first of all i don't want to see all this misery that that's being posted yeah second of all it it really stresses me out you no matter which action you take it's always wrong in in some people's Mm -hmm. uh, opinion Mm -hmm. yeah you'll always be be called out on it the first thing i did is is uh, look for some people wanting to help me with moderation Uh, they can now discuss among themselves and and make decisions uh, based on the rules that we have but i might mainly let it just be done by others yeah i i definitely couldn't do it (laughs) it sounds like a lot we didn't establish this and and i don't think i know like who created lemmy and and i know it's open source and can be modified but like Mm -hmm. are you in touch with the developer meaning like if if popular lemmy uh instances are like hey we really could use these types of moderation tools here's what's Mm -hmm. going wrong how can that be made for you or modified for you to to utilize yeah so there's there are Two main developers of Lemmy, two, two guys, and they are helped by people uh, adding code. But there's two main developers. And there's a, a chat room in Matrix where all the, the admins of, of Lemmy servers can go. And sometimes they're very busy, but sometimes they respond there and help. There's also a, a separate chat in Matrix where uh, admins of, of, of some of these Lemmy servers have discussed this. What, what moderation tools would we like so that just one of us can go to them and say, okay, this is what we would like mm-hmm. instead of, of dozens of people coming to them with the same questions. But you have to jack into the matrix just to talk to them. That's, that's too <laughs> yep, much. I'm, yep, out. I'm yep. not going to, I refuse to jack in. I've never even heard of matrix. It's a, I assume it's another chat room discord situation it's a very popular movie with keanu reeves that's what that was my joke yes, yeah it's, it's joke. a nice movie <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's a, it's a chat software uh, also decentralized of course but it's like functionality like slack okay so like a decentralized slack or discord that's interesting yep. i'll uh, yep. i'll take a peek at that as well we have our a question from another one of our listeners evan who is wondering what happens when an instance of lemmy goes down do, do those users go somewhere else? What What is the plan or how do they deal with that? There's not much planned yet. I think there will eventually be some kind of covenant like Mastodon has. I keep referring to Mastodon, but that's where I have most experience with it. For Mastodon, you have a covenant uh, to, to be listed on the, the Mastodon, join Mastodon server list. Uh, you, you need to promise that you that you will abide by some rules. One of these rules is that you won't just shut down your server if you get, get bored with it. Because if I chose to shut down my Lemmy server, all my users would need to create an account on different servers and all the content on my server would be gone. 
all the communities that are locally on my server, they would just cease to exist and need to be recreated somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Yeah, for for me, I I have I have different people with access to this server. Uh, I, I make backups, uh, so for my server can be down, of course, with, with with technical trouble. But I won't shut it down. If I get bored with it, I will f- find someone who will who is willing to take it over. I will never mm-hmm. just shut it down. I've made the same promise to my Mastodon users. I won't shut it down. If I ever grow tired of it or get really too old, maybe uh, when I'm 80, (laughs) then I'll just hand it over to someone else and people can just continue to use it. But of course, there will be people just running a Lemmy server on a a PC under their their desk. Is there a difference between like handing the keys to the server versus like, I'm done, but I'm going to export all the data so someone else can merge it or put it host it somewhere else are those two different things yeah hosting it somewhere else would be difficult because it's it's all tied to the domain name if you would shut it down and import it somewhere else yeah it, it wouldn't federate so to speak it wouldn't. so yeah maybe 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 down the line we're in need of some like pr- protocols or export systems where you can just go bloop download everything send it over to my buddy and he's going to put it up somewhere else i mean yeah i know from mastodon there i think they're, they're working on it at the moment there isn't uh, that you can migrate uh, all your followers uh, to a new server but but your posts it's not possible yet Got it. i think they're working on it all right well this is a real uh wormhole can of worms that maybe requires a lot mm-hmm. of mansplaining uh matt get ready <laughs> you mentioned activity pub earlier which powers a lot of federated media like Lemmy, but apparently Facebook, aka Meta, wants to get in on ActivityPub, which seems like the antithesis of ActivityPub. And so now there is a movement to block Meta. Can you tell us about this? Tell us the drama. I feel like this is like Sharks and the Jets. <laughs> the hot gas. Yeah, there's been a lot of commotion about this. So obviously no one yet really knows what's coming. We do know that Meta is, cry, is trying to create a, a platform. I have read some leaks somewhere, and it apparently will be called Threads. It's, it's text-based social media, which is uh, use activity pub. Wait, what? It's called Threads. What is this? That's what Facebook wants to make. Yeah, that that's what I read on. on okay. I think on the Verge or some. It, it was leaked somewhere with some screenshots. It just like wow. a, a web forum on owned by Facebook or hosted on Facebook, but then using yeah. activity pub as the guts, which I don't really understand why that makes sense for them. But perhaps you know more. There's there's people that are looking forward to that because they will it, it will create a lot of more people to follow and, and interaction. And there's a lot of people also very wary about it and and even saying we will have to block it before they even uh, arrive in the Fediverse. It's wild because I feel like people are trying to create things to combat Facebook and then Facebook's like, let's get in on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I don't know exactly what's coming. So until I do, I don't, I don't take any action. There's people signing pacts to to block meta as soon as they come i want to know what's coming i want to of course the first thing i need to do is keep my my users safe and do what the majority of the users want maybe it's a good thing and people get to know the fediverse and maybe get to know mastodon and maybe think okay we're now on some facebook owned platform 
and we see Mastodon, maybe we'll just migrate to Mastodon. Ah, so you think it could actually help bring people over? Maybe, maybe. Ah. But, but it really depends on what they're, what they're trying to make, what they're planning to, how, how they're implementing it. And uh, as soon as, as, as we know that, then we can make decisions on what to do. But there's a lot of commotion and, and heated things. And even, you know, like I say, people are getting threatened because of it. It's really crazy. So I haven't yet responded to any questions about it on Mastodon. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can say is I want to act in, in on behalf of all the users of my server. So if users of my server say we don't want Meta to join and we want to block them after they've been informed what it is that we want to block, then okay, then I'll block it. But first let's wait and see what's coming yeah i mean i would be worried about that too i don't think they can i mean but here's the danger and it's making me think of a a lot of things like going back Mm -hmm. in time here it will be good at first because Mm -hmm. it will bring new users and it will bring engagement and it'll bring traffic and and all that stuff and like like games on facebook like these games built they built tons of games and tons of users and facebook's like nope switch it off. And these companies went out of business. We built Mm -hmm. media companies on Facebook traffic. I worked for many of them. We were Mm -hmm. rolling in traffic and life was good. And then Facebook went, boop, it's gone. And it doesn't, this doesn't meet our needs or our business model. It's actually bad for newsfeed. So boop, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then we had to lay off lots of people. I know that federated uh, social media is not a business, but if they offer you the drug, not you, like the community, they say like, Hey, Mm -hmm. take this great, this thing is going to be great for you. Try it out. And Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh my God, it's so good. And then five years later it's like boop it's gone and then whatever you mm-hmm. built on the back of meta is in shambles well then you you shouldn't you shouldn't build it on the back of meta correct. you should build it on the back of the activity pub correct so it's it can communicate with their new platform and it can communicate with mastodon and, and if they're gone you'll still have mastodon and all the other platforms lemmy uh, uh Kalki, pixel fed every every other platform but if those platforms relied on users coming in from facebook and now they're gone for some reason i, I don't mm-hmm. that may not be a big deal because if you're not a for-profit company and you're just everything's still in place that may not matter but i like your stance of like wait and see but i feel worried about that idea not yeah. wait and see what what happens but wait and see what's coming and if we yep. know what's coming then we can discuss discuss what what's the best action to take should we should we block them or what can they do to my mastodon server i mean if they do something and 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 decide to to yeah do something that we really don't like then we can still block them blocking them is, is just one click I mean, <laughs> it's done really really quickly so i wish that was good worked for everyone yeah, yeah. what i most like about mastodon and and people can act, uh, can act for themselves if they don't like something they can block it i don't have to uh, block everything i mean i block everything that's illegal or, or against our rules but if there's someone posting things you really don't like you can just personally block him. You can do the same with Meta. If you don't like Meta, you can also block Meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I hope it is. I hope it works out to something even better. You know what I mean? It's sort yeah. of <laughs> intense that yeah. it feels like Reddit used to be a place where people were very. It felt like a very like community situation, and this sort of has turned it a little bit sour. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but if if Reddit was built with activity pub protocol from the beginning Mm -hmm. and they would now do what they're doing now people would just move to lemmy and still be able to communicate and and follow stuff on reddit right to get back to what we were talking about at the top of the show federated media gives the value of the 
data, the API to everyone instead of just to a company. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Meaning the value, the value of Reddit's API, according to Reddit, is $20 million. But if mm-hmm. it was built differently, as you said, the community would all just agree or determine what that value is and how to utilize it as a as a community, which sounds also messy and complicated, but perhaps is a bit more democratic and less corporate. I don't but but it remains to be seen. Yeah. If if I were to to decide to put a lot of ads on my on my right. Lemmy or my Mastodon, people would just probably would just leave. And, and choose another Lemmy server that doesn't do that. So, and, and I don't need it to to for for like the, the cost of the server. I don't need ads to use that. I I get donations. People just want to pay to have this server running. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to or they cannot pay, they don't need to. And if they want to, they can, yeah, pay donations to keep right. this server running. And they do, which is so similar to uh, subs- pa- Patreon subscriptions and and even like mm-hmm. NPR and PBS. It's like it's free for everyone, but if a few people kick in a buck we can keep the lights on. And and I really like that model for media a lot. Um, and hopefully it works for social media too. It seems to be working okay for now. Yeah, for now it works really well. So, Well, I am very interested in how it shapes communities and culture. Um, I'm very appreciative for you being willing to be a moderator of a server, which sounds like such a difficult job. <laughs> yeah, the moderation is... Not a nice job, <laughs> but I'm happy I have very, very good people that, that, that do a very good job there. When people were like, let's not go on Twitter anymore, I was like, great, I don't want to be on Twitter. I felt like I had to be Check. there. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm such a trendsetter. I haven't been on Twitter in years. <laughs> but if someone said, hey, Instagram is really bad now, uh, don't go on there, w- would it affect your life? Would, sh- would your habits yes. somehow? I mean, it would, but I would be like, okay, great. <laughs> uh, well, that's the dilemma we've talked about earlier, Matt, as a creator, like how you diversify yeah. these platforms because like I'm doing yeah. well on TikTok and now I'm starting to do well on Instagram. I have videos from Love Isn't Blind that have hundreds of thousands of views and it would be a big problem for me. I'm starting to sell a lot of tickets through Instagram and TikTok. Right. And so right. it would yeah. be a problem. You've built an element of your business on this platform that can literally switch off your reach at any any moment and hurt your income. I've also been doing YouTube shorts and yeah, Mm -hmm. hopefully between the three different companies, I can remain afloat and I try to bring everyone into my mailing list from there. But yeah, it's definitely... There you go. Ali is a very good business person. Yes, that's excellent. I'm a very bad businesswoman, but artists have such a low bar for business that I'm fantastic. You're good to me. (laughs) You're diversifying your social centralized platforms in order to push people to a decentralized platform, which is email because you own it. Right. But then but then get this during the pandemic, MailChimp deleted my entire mailing list because I didn't use it for two years. And I said, well, I work in live performance. I can't be the only one that had this problem where Uh, none of us used our mailing list for two years. uh And I had to start over from scratch because MailChimp owned it. So, I mean, I think once every like six months, I might just download my list just to make sure it's intact. Yes. But that's intense. To clarify, that's like the service provider that sucks and and made a bad choice. And there were no alerts about it. I was like, this is bullshit. I had the same issue with another account. I feel you. But the point is like you still own and can operate Ali at loveisnblind.com or whatever the whatever the newsletter email address is. Allison at allisongoldberg.com. 
There you go. <laughs> no one can take that away from you because you own it on a server somewhere, you know, where you registered it through a web a web provider, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can still do it even if it goes, even if MailChimp sucks. Well, there you go, friends. <laughs> you can still do it even do if it. MailChimp sucks. Compliment me, baby. It's not appropriate there. <laughs> I mean, it's not inappropriate. Don't you think? I disagree. Like it- compliments it's always a time for compliments that's correct but if you'd like to compliment Lindsay or tell us your thoughts uh, discord.gg slash 2g1p you can also email us 2g1podcast at gmail.com you can call us that number is 347-871-6548 that number again 347-871-6lit you can find and follow me across social media at Ali underscore Goldie and please diversify my portfolio and follow me on all the platforms <laughs> you can follow me at the Lindsay Life T-H-E-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-L-I-F-E across all social media platforms as well alright well um patreon.com slash 2G1P give us 20 million dollars heart your faces everybody two girls one podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford then transferred to the IBM 486 in my garage via serial cable I mean produced by Matt Silverman in New York City this episode was edited by Avital Ayler production assistance is provided by the podglomerate this show is a production of the Daily Dot the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.